Hello and welcome to Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 54. In this minute, Nathaniel's blown away by the ice monster. The crew comes to his defense and perhaps has an idea. Get ready to set sail with Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 54. Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 54. 54, 54. In this here minute, Nathaniel has encountered the Iceman. Monster. Ice Monster. The monster growls. Roars? Roars. I have it as a roar. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. I have a trick ear. Not much on trick ear that I find. No, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, disappointed. I landed on tin ear once or twice. Hmm. But, you know, that's more of a, a musical issue, right? A tone issue like A and B or G and F. Uh, trick ear, a line from It's a Wonderful Life. It is, uh, uh, yeah, the uh, protagonist of It's a Wonderful Life, whose name escapes me right now, had a trick ear from an incident when he was a young lad. That was the only other movie reference that I could find for a trickier. All right, then we get um, the big icy roar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ice monster leans back and comes forward. Rawr, see the ice breath blowing out of his mouth. Uh, Nathaniel's hair is being blown back, and then he flies over. Is Nathaniel at this point still a fancy lad? I know he's working as a cabin boy, but as we know from the title, cabin boy and quotes i don't know if just because you're working as a cabin boy if you are a cabin boy or are you is he or is he a percentage wise more fancy lad than cabin boy what is he now please tell me why would he ever lose the title of fancy lad why can he be both fancy lad and cabin boy that's what i was gonna say well to answer it Much like one becomes a citizen of a different country and may denounce their citizenship, I believe in the final scene, when he is throwing his wig back at his father, he is denouncing his membership in the club Fancy Lad and picking up the torch of Cabin Boy. Right, but he hasn't done that yet. And he can denounce his fanciness, but it's still a part of him. Just because I mean, he rejects it. For Fancy Lad, it, just because he goes to school to be a cabin boy next doesn't mean he stops being a Fancy Lad. You, you go to school to become a doctor, then you decide you want to go to school to become a lawyer. It doesn't mean you're not a doctor anymore. It just means you're a doctor and a lawyer. Just because you get divorced doesn't mean you stop being Jewish. Right. Exactly. This seems much more complicated than uh, I had thought, but we'll just grant that he is still a Fancy Lad. We know him being a fancy lad, especially in the screenplay, they do say this directly. He has a problem with bad breath, and perhaps the Iceman has bad breath, and he is jumping away from the breath. That is absolutely possible. I would suspect that it's difficult to come by an appropriately sized toothbrush for an ice monster, and so it is likely that he does not have uh, practiced proper dental hygiene. Uh, He may have just eaten, like, you know, a seal or some fish. And uh, 
you know, you, you see him pull back. He presumably takes in a big, deep breath, and then he roars as loud as he possibly can at Nathaniel. I mean, that's he's just getting everything out, and that I could see that being a little stinky. Now, normally, I would be 100,000% on board with the fact that it must be hard for an Iceman to get a toothbrush. But we know there just so happens to be a salesman that is a giant who also sells toothbrushes within the very near vicinity. You know, you're right. Honestly, as I was saying it, that was in the back of my head. I was like, oh. Perhaps the flying leprechaun is the Iceman's courier that was buying the electric toothbrush to deliver to the Iceman. Uh, so the Ice Monster is uh, attempting to communicate with Nathaniel, similar to Trina. Nathaniel falls down after the roar, and the crew reacts. Everybody looks scared, and then uh, Paps actually goes so far as to turn and bury his head into Cappy's ample gut. That, I guess, stimulates Cappy to action, and then he starts yelling orders. Quick, grab something to whack him with. And then uh, Big Teddy, questioning his captain, which, you know, in a moment of crisis seems a little, maybe not the best move, but uh, what good will that do? And then uh, Cappy, how should I know? In a situation like this, you make up shit as you go along. Which, you know, but yeah, fuck else are you going to do? Mm. Their first interaction with an ice monster seems appropriate that, you know, you make up shit, especially if you're unfamiliar with the situation and need to react, right? All right, so he gets, uh, now sick him. Go on, sick him. And then uh, Paps gives like a little like half-assed wave at Big Teddy, like to go get him. <laughs> no indication that Paps uh, intends to help in this fight. This has got to steer. It's, I guess Cappy's just coordinating the effort. Yeah, he's managing. So they go and grab uh, their items. Big Teddy with the baseball bat. Why is there a baseball bat sitting on the deck? You know, we don't know what happened during the party. Maybe they had uh, Nathaniel do the baseball bat thing where he puts his forehead on the bat and has to spin around and then they make him walk around the deck. I could see them doing that. Yeah. Or maybe they started like rather than just throwing them, they were tossing them up and batting the cans at Nathaniel. That would be a fun game. You would think that, wouldn't you? And as we know from the screenplay, they had him as a pinata. So what better device Mm. to use for a pinata than a baseball bat? Exactly. Mystery solved. All right, so Skunk grabs uh, that long hook. So then he says, uh, Big Teddy says, come on, Skunk, hook his eye out or something. I got to make a phone call. Great line. (laughs) Tosses the hook aside and runs back. Then, yeah, he runs back, hides behind Cappy. No Him one making a phone call. Oh, no. It's not completely out of the question. Mm-hmm. I found an article from Nature published in 1936 talking about how radio telephones were first applied to ships at sea in 1929. Wow. So it is possible that they had a radio telephone on the boat. I don't know who he would have called. He had no intention of making a phone call, regardless of whether there was a phone or not on the boat. He was scared, and he was a coward running away. True. That's the most likely explanation. But to to Rob's point as well, there is a difference between, like, saying, I have to go feed my unicorn, and, like, I have to make a phone call. Like, at least in that split second, you might forgive him, but it's just an excuse. I mean, the hook. What was he going to do with the hook? 
Poke, poke his eye head. out or something. <laughs> this guy can't. The hook's on the other side. We'd have to get on those. He doesn't even really seem to have eyes. They just seem to be like voids. True. Get the hook in there. And then Nathaniel starts to work his way in. I also like this. It seemed like an odd choice watching for him to like kind of sneak behind the Iceman. But it seems harder to do it that way. I, I don't know. It seemed like it would have been easier to just have him go in front of the Iceman. Because he does even kind of like seem to shuffle past him. Mm-hmm. So have something to do with the way they were doing the shot. And maybe with him, if he was going kind of uh, towards the foreground in front of the Iceman, and maybe they wanted to get like, you know, the, the little bit of front shot of Chris Elliott as he's going across. Maybe that was the thought there. Plus, of course, it is more ridiculous and funnier to have him <laughs> shuffle past the Iceman. I mean, it was. Yeah. I, again, I don't think I ever paid note to that. No. Yeah, I mean, he didn't take the opportunity to like attack him from behind either. He had a plan, and he was sticking to that plan. Yeah, he went, He was going straight for his plan. There was no stopping him in his plan. So again, and you know, maybe not the most standout moment, but in my mind, it's one of those kind of like iconic cabin boy humor moments here. So Nathaniel starts stomping on the ice monster's foot, and then you get Big Teddy with the "What the hell are you doing?" But the reaction from the ice monster of the <laughs> stomping on the foot is is an excellent moment. And just, again, having to be the, like, stop-motion, dynamation uh, animators, which I don't know. I, I, would, I would imagine those people weren't begrudgingly doing this as opposed to some of the other, you know, production people maybe. True. <laughs> but just, you know, trying to emote. The ridiculousness of getting uh, stomped in the foot as the ice monster seems like a fun thing to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you see it and you laugh at it like, you know, while you're watching the movie casually. But in the close examination, it's it's great <laughs> sitting there with the, the scene paused, like at the confused ice monster's face. <laughs> and, and, and also Big Teddy kind of affirming with the ice monster, you know, that interplay is fun. Yeah, the, the ice monster we see. So it's uh, Nathaniel works his way around the ice monster. You see him starting to stomp on the foot and then you get the pause and the reaction from the ice monster and then big teddy's what the hell are you doing looking as confused as the ice monster if not more <laughs> so good and then nathaniel i think it's obvious i'm trying to give him foot pain <laughs> condescendingly <laughs> in the middle of a fight with like a giant ice creature it's like ah oh, don't you know <laughs> well i for one can attest that foot pain is no fucking joke, man. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Yes, especially through some level of trauma. Although I don't believe that Nathaniel would have the capacity to inflict that level of traumatic pain on the ice monster's foot. Should he even have bones in his foot? It seems unlikely. Then Big Teddy, not impressed with Nathaniel's plan, pushes Nathaniel aside with a get out of here mm-hmm. and an acknowledgement, uh, a special moment between him and the ice monster. Crazy kid, huh? Should we uh, commend Nathaniel for his bravery or scold him for his foolishness? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like on that uh, the Clockwork Orange kind of argument where should he be celebrated for trying to attack this ice monster when it's 
really because he's just so stupid that he doesn't <laughs> realize the danger he's in. I think you got to commend him a little bit. Like he's willing to get in there and engage with the ice monster. And, uh, you know, he's trying to protect the crew in the boat. I think you got to give him a point there. I mean, he sees that the other crew members are afraid. He's not reacting like they are. He's approaching it from a standpoint where he seems to have courage. Which is interesting because I was about to ask, you know, have we seen him fearful? But clearly, I mean, he was jumping away from the bunny. I mean, he was screaming at the sweat. But other than that, since he's been on the boat, nothing has seemed to phase him. I just think at this moment, you got to give Nathaniel a little credit for willing to come in and engage, even if, you know, his choice of actions is moronic. So uh, pushes Nathaniel away. We got the crazy kid, huh? And then uh, Big Teddy takes a takes a big swing with the bat. We get one or two swings there. And then uh, the ice monster grabs the bat, tosses it off the side of the boat. Big Teddy kind of flails back as he gets the bat ripped from his hand. And he's uh, standing there in shock and uh, proceeds to get poked. I think we get one poke in in this scene. Is that right? Yep. Iceman does have a full five fingers on each hand. You know, he has changed form over the course of this fight. Has he? Because when you first see his hands, and even when he grabs the uh, grabs the bat, it's just like a mitt. One hand has fingers. The other one still looks like it has a mitt. Also, he does get in two full pokes. Mm. This- right, you're right. Yeah, there's one hand as a mitt. All right, so the poke, his left hand has the five fingers, but the right hand does seem more mitt-like. Mm. All right, so then we get Paps uh, with an idea. Keep him occupied, Ted. I got me an idea. Off he scuttles. And our minute ends. Uh, yes. We'll have to wait till next week to discuss his plan. Yes, he knows he's got an idea. Who wins the scene? I've got Big Teddy. Big Teddy. He really just does a lot with what he's given here, and, and he makes it work as best as he can. I as well have Big Teddy. What good will that do? Come on, skunk, poke his eye out. What the hell are you doing? Get out of here. Crazy kid, huh? The uh, great physical acting he gives, the delivery of all those lines. Because it's not just the lines, it's the way he says them. Top notch. Big Teddy was very emotive throughout the entire scene. I wasn't sure if I wanted to give it to Nathaniel, Big Teddy, or the Ice Monster. They all contributed in different ways. But I will support the same choice that you both had and give it to Big Teddy as well. All right, for a call to action, this idea came as a result of Cappy's line, you know, you make up shit as you go along, and me kind of trying to find some sort of what to do in an emergency list. And so it got me thinking of these, like, corporate training videos. So I think it would be fantastic to produce corporate training videos for the filthy whore. Like, (laughs) being attacked by an ice monster and we do it like in that old school like 80s corporate training video kind of feel and style you know you do it you do a whole bunch of segments on it like managing a stowaway sexual harassment repairs at sea bathing in hygiene where you show like paps in the bath and all that kind of stuff 
I think that's a great idea, especially given the, uh, the, the changing workforce. Younger folks nowadays who are used to consuming a lot of information via video or something like that, we keep on talking about updating the standard operating procedures of the filthy whore. Maybe having that in a binder is a, you know, a bit, bit of an archaic concept and having a video series such as this, which really teaches someone how to be a crew member, would be more appropriate for this day and age. I, I do think you still need both. I mean, you, you have your onboarding process where they'll watch the videos and that kind of thing. But then, you know, when you're out at sea and the Iceman comes, you're not going to sit down and watch a video. You know, I, I mean, presumably you have the information in your head, but it's still good to have a quick reference chart in your standard operating procedure. I mean, you've seen kids nowadays, right? I could absolutely see someone pulling out their phone and like, you know, watching watching a quick clip. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Those are good. I like that. We should get started on those along with everything else. Great. I'm really excited about my video game idea this week. So this is working off of Cappy's line. We make up shit as you go along. It's like a almost like a Mad Libs kind of thing where you get to pick various things from uh, columns to attack the Iceman. So, like, here's what I mean. There's either, like, a drop-down menu or something, or perhaps it's randomly generated, or you have some other way of selecting. But So you have, like, a list of different weapons. So these are the different weapons. Obviously, can be expanded, but just to give you an idea. So you pick from either an anvil, dental floss, pudding, a shoe, or the Furman Galway chart as your weapon. Uh, you get to also pick the character that is attacking. So uh, obviously, you know, perhaps Big Teddy Cappy, but also Kenny, Chalky, Trina, the old salt, could be anybody. Uh, and then you pick the body part, his eyes, his knees, his soul, his buttocks, his hand. That's the idea. And then you, whatever comes up, that's what you're, you're left to do to attack him. I like that. Select your different things, you hit go, it runs through the scenario, and then if you lose, then you have to go back and repeat it again and try again with a different selection of things. Right, maybe there's like 90 choices and there's only one perfect combination. The old salt, the Furman Galway chart. <laughs> In the study. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, I like that. Um, for a theatrical production, the Ice Monsters on stage conversing with Nathaniel. After Nathaniel gets blown over by the ice monster, everything pauses on stage. Then over on the side, you have uh, Nathaniel sitting there. He's older, sitting in a chair in front of a bunch of kids. And uh, he starts telling them, singing, about what happens for the rest of the fight. Mm. And it expands into this 15-minute long song of the crew battling against all different ice monsters that are climbing onto the ship and the heroics of Nathaniel and he's saving Trita and all sorts of things are happening. And it's a whole big dramatic scene all happening in the front of the stage. And then in the back, you see the actual fight that is going on, which just <laughs> lasts like two minutes. And then those actors just have to stand there and watch while Nathaniel finishes his tale to the kids. Mm. And then everything goes dark and things resume. I like it. A tall tale. Long live the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this theatrical production. I think one of the issues that keeps popping up is that 
it would be very expensive for various reasons, right? You think? But I started to think in this scene, because I was thinking, like, how are we going to show this Iceman fight? And it just seems, again, I'm just seeing dollar signs. Like, you know, we got to get this on Broadway. I mean, you got rent, you got overhead, you got the staff, you got, you know, it's a, it's a lot. So, again, we're setting ourselves up for the same problems that Resnick and Elliot had the first time around. So my solution here is that we lean into the shittiness in a cabin boy-esque way, like in a uh, homage to cabin boy. And like maybe we intentionally put like sandbags out on the stage. Uh, perhaps the actors could trip over them periodically, like on purpose. That could be part of the fun of it. Like we, we explicitly call out the seams, maybe have an arrow that says seam <laughs> on it, like that kind of stuff. The ice monster, you know, like I'm sure they do in stage productions, but it could just be like, you know, it's all the fight all happens off stage. It's just the characters like poking off stage and maybe you just see like one like finger come in on a pole or something like, you know, that kind of stuff. I think it would really uh, play well in this particular production. Okay, revision to the theatrical production concept. Yeah, make it shittier. Is this shitty enough for you? <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> Any questions for Resnick or Elliot? I have. I, I know you are unable to answer this. This is for Resnick. I know you are unable to answer this uh, because they're again they're talking about the pain that Cabin Boy had created in their life and all this, and they can't get past it. But what would it take to feel good about this movie? We've brought this up before in our own estimation, but. I just would like to hear from him if he could even envision a world where he feels better. He can even, it would be therapeutic to see it. Is it just dreaming for the stars here? The Oscars recognize Cabin Boy for its place in history. If they successfully, you know, kind of re-release it in some sort of way. Or is it more like people like John Scalzi that gave that scorching review that he calls and gives a personal apology. And we go down the line of every single, and there are many, every single person that has, you know, wronged him and insulted him and his work. You know, all, all avenues that are worthy to go down. Honestly, as you were saying that, I was thinking that the state of Oregon has legalized the use of psilocybin hmm. for therapy. And uh, perhaps there's been a lot of research lately into using um, psilocybin, which is uh, the compound from mushrooms that makes you hallucinate, uh, small doses of psilocybin in dealing with trauma. And uh, perhaps given how deep the trauma was for Adam, we need to kind of have a, a more in-depth intervention. And uh, perhaps we could sit down with him with the movie and just give him like a shit ton of mushrooms and help guide him through the movie while he's tripping. And I'm sure that that would help. I mean, holy shit. Talk about a call to action. <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, there are people that do this like professionally. You know, they walk you through trauma on hallucinogenic, you know, whatever, mushrooms or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that be a great documentary 
this is a great idea starter, and I think we should talk more about this. But yes, it's sitting him down and going through his trauma, like on a real sincere level, you know, like going through his trauma, how to deal with trauma, but also inserting, you know, cabin boy elements. And I don't know if it's, you know, an artist's rendition of kind of what Adam's going through in his mind of watching the movie. Oh my God. Like, think about this. It's like a cartoon version. And then like when he sees something come on the scene, it's like, preface it with like it's the most tripped out fucking thing you've ever seen right it's like his mind watching cabin boy but then he sees a scene and then it's like we record like satanic voices giving the reviews into his ear and like he can't quite hear the characters on screen but we're just hearing like ever want to try botulism you know and it's just it's being drowned out and he's he's just like battling this back and forth and then maybe it even switches to like him as a little boy being like like taunted in the playground, like all this fucking crazy, like, but we're still going through the story of Cabin Boy. Woo! Oh, yeah. Are you seeing it, or am I just talking total gibberish here? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a lot to keep up with. But, as you said, there is something there, and we should continue to kind of think about this, because the... <laughs> The idea of making a serious documentary about trying to help Adam deal with his trauma around Cabin Boy. I mean, there's definitely something funny to be found in there. I agree. And I, and I appreciate you trying to go through the thought experiment for at least a, a moment. Gags per minute. I'll start. Mm. I have 13. Oh, Number one, a trick ear. Number two, the ice monster blowing in his face. Number three, make up shit as you go along. Number four is just kind of the initial fighting sequence with the ice monster. Number five is the line about poke his eye out. Number six, I got to make a phone call. Number seven is the actual action of Nathaniel stomping on his foot. Uh, number eight is the Iceman's reaction to Nathaniel stomping on his foot. Number nine is Nathaniel's explanation of the foot pain. And number 10 is Big Teddy, get out of here. Number 11 is when he's addressing the ice monster and says, crazy kid. Number 12 is the ice monster hitting the bat at Big Teddy and throwing it overboard. And number 13 is the poking of Big Teddy. Wow. Yeah. Yowza. I have eight. Number one, I'm sorry I didn't catch that. I have a trick here. Number two, the Ice Monster's second roar and Nathaniel being blown over. Number three, Paps hugging Cappy. Number four, in a situation like this, you make shit up as you go along. Number five, I uh, gotta go make a phone call. Number six, the monster's reaction to the foot stomp. Number seven, I'm trying to give him foot pain. Number eight, crazy kid, huh? All right, so I had a GPM of six. Oh, whoa. Yeah, I, I, I conflated some things, which uh, listening to you guys was, uh, was probably a little aggressive on my part in terms of reductionism, but I'm going to stick with it anyway. Number one, the, I have a trickier line. Number two, how should I know you make up shit as you go along? Number three, got to make a phone call. Uh, number four, giving him foot pain. Five, the eyebrow raise reaction from the monster. And then number six, get out of here, crazy kid. I combined into a single gag. So mm. I had a final GPM of six. 
again, conflating some things. And also, as you have noted before, Brian, uh, I do not necessarily directly find humor in the fantastical creations. I just accept that they are there as part of the movie. Unfortunate. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's let's do some precise calculations here. Brian with a GPM of 13. Scott with a GPM of 8. I came in with a gags per minute of 6. That gives us an average GPM of 9. Scott, you are the winner of GPM this week. Congratulations. You win a Ice Monster Whack'em. All of your very own specially made Ice Monster Defense baseball bat made from koa wood. That was harvested in beautiful, <laughs> sun-drenched Hawaii. Wow. <laughs> Exotic. The mount this on my wall. Next you really step. should. They they note that it's really more for display than for actual use. If I'm planning my trip to Hell's Bucket, I know who I'm inviting. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> whack em stick. I mean, that would be fun just to have, even if you just had a baseball bat that you paint white or something and just put, like, just a little label underneath, <laughs> Iceman Whack'em. What the fuck is it? <laughs> My Iceman Whack'em. What? <laughs> Just in case. I won it. <laughs> the contest. Fragile. Funny, not funny. I went with not funny. I just didn't find myself really enjoying the jokes all that much. Nothing that really made me laugh out loud. I also went with not funny. Although this was, as stated numerous, numerous times before, this was right on the edge. I mean, I like trickier. I like foot painting. I like crazy kid. Those are all great lines. It just wasn't quite enough there to bring it up over the funny bar. I am not going to go into my usual berating of uh, you gentlemen for what I perceive to be incorrect interpretations of the scene. I, I just can't emotionally handle it. <laughs> So I am just going to say I do believe that, yes, indeed, this is funny, which I wrote with capital letters and an exclamation point. Um, trick ear, make up shit as you go along, the whole fight with the Iceman, the foot pain joke bit, and the Iceman's reaction, Big Teddy's acting. And uh, I will respectfully leave it at that. That's fair. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us here on Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 54. We'll see you next week on Minute 55. Adios. Bye-bye. again for joining us on cabin boy minute please help spread the word tell your friends about us and rate and subscribe on your podcast medium of choice check out our episode notes where you can find calls to action details on how to support the pod or leave us a message or find us on twitter at at cabin boy minute we look forward to joining you again next week bon voyage